Are you weary? Unsure? Are you overwhelmed by the trials of life? Now more than ever, it is time to lift your gaze. It is no coincidence that you are tuned in at this very hour. This listener-supported podcast, Lift Your Gaze, promises to deliver empathy, edification, and empowerment. And with your subscription today, you will have access to every single impactful episode of Lift Your Gaze. Brace yourself for the breakthrough you've been waiting for. It's time to lift your gaze. Welcome to Lift Your Gaze, the podcast that ignites your spirit and uplifts your soul. I'm your host, Kim M. Clark, CEO and founder of Lift Your Gaze. Lift Your Gaze exists to provide hope to the darkest areas of our society, the correctional system. I'm also a best-selling and multiple award-winning author and the publisher of Deepwater's books. As a former marketing college professor and a Johns Hopkins alumni, I invite you to join me on a transformational journey into the boundless healing power of hope. Lift Your Gaze is a sanctuary of inspiration where we explore the remarkable stories of individuals, including the incarcerated, who have triumphed over adversary and who have defied the odds and embraced Jesus Christ as their Savior and experienced a deluge of hope. Each episode will be a celebration of the human spirit, a testament to the resilience that resides in each and every one of us. We'll dive deep into the transformational power of hope, sharing insights, wisdom, and practical tools that will help you heal from trauma. So if you're seeking a fresh perspective, a glimmer of light admits the darkness, then join us as we embark on this journey of hope. Because no matter how challenging life may seem, remember, hope is the force that can lift us to new heights and create a world filled with boundless potential and a faith-based approach to trauma healing. This is Lift Your Gaze Podcast, Episode 101, and it's titled A Faith-Based Approach to Trauma Healing. One of the most powerful effects to a human body is trauma. And we actually grieve trauma. And the Kubler-Ross model talks about the five stages of grief as we go through trauma. The first one is denial. The second is anger. And the third is bargaining. And the fourth is depression. The fifth is then acceptance. In my next episode, I'll be talking about forgiving the unforgivable, which is actually an extension to this five stages of grief. But before we do that, I want to go to a want to go over a faith-based approach to these five stages of grief. And the first stage, it's denial. And these are not linear stages. You can jump around with these stages at all times. And they're not like, oh, I've checkmarked, I've gone through denial, I'm done with denial. No, you can bounce back to denial at any time or anger. And also you can get stuck in a stage, which we'll talk about. But let's talk about the faith-based approach with this Cooper Moss model, the five stages of grief. And we're talking about denial. That's the first stage. And this is, God actually gives us these stages of grief. And if we see these in the Divinic Psalms. So camp out in the Psalms if you're struggling through trauma. And just kind of see how David actually does this. He's like, oh, there's people after, they're trying to kill me, God. Please help me. Please provide. Please protect me. And then, but I lift my gaze to you. But I 
follow hard after you, but I extol you. And that's those are the five stages of grief. So the first one we're going to go through is denial. And again, this is God's, this is how he designed us to emotionally process and also spiritually process trials. So denial, the emotions that we experience, this is all very common, is avoidance, blame, fear, numbness, confusion. And you can have, it can be a medical diagnosis, it can be a death, it can be a divorce, it can be incarceration, it can be sexual abuse, it can be any type of abuse. This can just, or just be betrayal by someone you love. There's many causes for trauma, but we all experience that denial. And again, those emotions are avoidance, blame, fear, numbness, confusion. Now, the faith reactions which come out of this is this can't be happening. Did God miss this? How could God allow this? Or more accurately, how could a good God allow this? Because especially when it happens to you, your loved ones, or your children, that's where I end up is how could a good God allow this? And did God miss this? Was he asleep? This is so horrific. And just watching the news, you can get stuck there. And in that denial of, I can't even accept this is even happening. And as we move forward in this process, in denial, we have to end up, I always end up with a scripture, and I'm going to end the denial faith-based process of, or faith-based stage of grief in Isaiah 55, 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. That's again Isaiah 55, 9. So as we process this, we have to realize that, you know, I don't get this, but God does. I don't understand this, but God does. And that's how we just move through denial. Again, you can easily get back to denial, but that's how we move through it through faith. And that's the scripture that helps, I find, most people is Isaiah 55, 9. The next faith-based approach is anger. I'm sorry, the next stage in grieving and through trauma is anger. And a faith-based approach, again, you experience the the God-given emotions of frustration, anxiety, irritation, embarrassment, and shame. And those are all normal responses that a lot of times people come to me and I'll do the counsel counseling with them. They're like, oh, I'm so frustrated. I'm so angry. I'm like, this is normal. They're like, really? I want to kill somebody. I'm like, I, I understand that's a normal part of the processing of your trauma. And they're like, oh, okay. And suddenly it just deflates the, um, the emotion and the, and the questionable response. I, I've never been angry before. I'm not usually prone to anger, or maybe I am and I go here all the time, but that's a normal response for what you've been subjected to. Your body, your emotions, your spirit has been subjected to, or just the evil that you've been subjected to, or your loved ones have been subjected to. So the faith reactions to anger is like, this hurts God. I can't be angry at God. If anger is a sin, then what do I do with this emotion? And those are just very common faith reactions to the second stage of grief and grieving over trauma. So that's anger. And the scripture, you have to kind of end up with all these stages you need to go to God with. God, I'm, I'm in denial. Please help me and camp out in, again, the Isaiah 55, 9. But uh, God, I'm in anger. Help me. I'm going to lay this on your altar, my anger, because this is evil. This is wickedness. This is wrong. This is not of you. And I like Ephesians four twenty six through 27. Be angry and do not sin. 
Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So we can be angry. It says be angry. So it says for us to be angry because it's sin. That's our natural response. But do not sin. Do not take vengeance. Do not sin. And do not let the sun go down your anger. So present that to God on his altar. Say, God, I, this is anger. I'm angry. This is wrong. This is a sin. I know you're angry, angry at this as well. And I just lay this on your altar. So camp out in that scripture. Usually if I'm struggling with one stage of grief, I put these, I put scripture um, index cards throughout my house, on my computer, on my bathroom mirror, my car. I'm like, okay, okay, remember, be angry. Do not sin. Let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Because I don't want to give any opportunity to the devil and his, his spirits or his demons. I don't want any him to get any inroads into me or my family. And I just pray the covering over the blood of Jesus over me and my family, especially as we're processing the stages of grief through trauma. The second stage is bargaining. And that emotions there you might experience if you're in this stage is reaching out to others, struggling to find meaning, a desire to tell your story, and I add the shoulda, woulda, couldas. Oh, if I should have done this, or if I would have done this, or if I could have done this, and also the only if. Only if I did this, this would be different. Like I could have controlled this. Remember, we we have a sovereign God. And sovereign means he takes control of all things. And he works all things for good. So if we have that sovereign God, he's going to use this for good. And I have to camp out there, especially in the bargaining stage. Actually, in all the stages. But some faith reactions to the bargaining stage is, Why me, God? If only blank. This wouldn't have happened if only I did this, or if only I knew this, or if only I were more educated, smarter. You fill in the blank. And another faith reaction would be, God, if you take away the pain, I'll do this. I'll stop smoking. I'll turn from my sin. I'll do whatever. And sometimes he uses trauma to take us away from sin or to show us we have idols in our life where we use other coping mechanisms that aren't of God to say, you know what, when you're in pain, you go maybe to alcohol, maybe to food, maybe to retail therapy, shopping, maybe to sex or all. There's so many vices or idols that we have, and God's revealing that. It could be revealing that. And remember, if God's bringing up sin to the surface like he does with when he's heating silver or dross, Know that that same God that brought that heat will also is the same God who brings that dross to the surface, that sin, and then then skims it right off. So he's doing that to bring that out of you so he can skim it off as we lay it on his altar and go, God, please take this from me. But bargaining, again, is very common, and it's a healthy response. It's a response we need to get through and go to God. And a great scripture that I share, especially with the ladies I speak to. Lift Your Gaze has provided hope to over 10,000 individuals in the past four and a half years, providing them hope. And I speak to the women, but a lot of the chaplains and other ministry organizations I work with, they use my trauma healing curriculum, which this is a summary of that, and they teach that as well. So this is exploding across the nation. But this is from this scripture that helps in the bargaining stages, Luke twenty-two forty-two, Father, if you're willing... Remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that's what Jesus spoke to God as he prayed and cried out to him in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
as he knew he was going to go to the cross, as he knew he would take all of my sin, all of your sin, all of humanity's sin, and receive the wrath of God as payment for all of our sin. So we then, as declaring Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, could receive that forgiveness and could receive that that just, uh, God just put all of Jesus' righteousness on top of us. So God doesn't see us as our sins, doesn't treat us as we deserve, but treats us like a son and a daughter of the King, which is what we are. So again, that scripture was from Luke twenty two forty two. The next stage is depression. And this is a very, again, common stage. This is natural. To not have these is not healthy. You need, you can't skip a step. You can't truncate the process no matter what we like. And we have these processes, identify the emotions, and then bring them to God. So in the depression stage, some of the emotions you might be experiencing are detachment, being overwhelmed, the blahs, lack of energy, helplessness, uh, lethargy, just being exhausted, being, I just can't deal with this anymore. The faith reactions you might be, is, I'm so sad, God, this hurts so much. Feeling a permanent sense of sorrow, like this will never leave, like this is it forever. And the enemy kind of gets in there and goes, gives you that lie of like, you're here forever. This is where you're going to reside and live. I remember going through a very dark time and and uh, thinking, okay, this is it. This is my lot now. It's going to be very dark. It's going to be very difficult. And then friends of mine invited me to an Army-Navy football game. It's something I used to do when I was in college. And this is many years later. And I remember sitting in the car going to that game and going, oh, this is joy. I get to experience joy again. Because I bought the enemy's lie that I would never experience joy again. And this is that was part of the depression. I didn't even realize it. A great place to... B, if you're struggling in depression, actually any of these stages, but is the Psalms. I can't encourage you enough. If you're walking through drama, camp out in the Psalms, especially the Davidic Psalms by King David. Just camp out there. They're just so powerful to kind of help you. Just just read them over and over again until you're like, I will lift my gaze to you. I will not let the enemy triumph over my life. I will trust you even though I don't like this God. And a great scripture too in the in the depression stage, it comes from Psalm 4211. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation in my God. And again, let me read that one again. Why are you down, excuse me, why are you cast down, my, O oh my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation in my God. Mm, and that's Psalm forty two eleven. So I hope that encourages you if you are in that depression stage and just lay that just sadness and that hopelessness on his altar and go, God, this is yours. It hurts and I need your help to take it. The last stage is acceptance. And that uh, that's just a powerful stage to get to. And they're all powerful and they're all needed. But when you get to the acceptance, the emotions you might experience are you're exploring new options. You have a new plan. A lot of people have experienced death of a loved one. Will create new traditions. Will create okay. Let's do something different now. It's, it's a new chapter. Empowerment, security, having meaning. Realizing okay, now I see the meaning from the trial, from the trauma. 
some faith reactions you get to is, I don't understand, but I trust you, God. Not my will, but yours be done. Yet I will praise you, O God. Which is really powerful just to get to, you know what? I'm just going to praise you. I'm going to take away I'm going to take away property from the enemy because the enemy just wants to steal my joy and I'm not going to allow him. And I find as I go through these, I experience trauma. I now, my, my mind is now trained to go through these processes. Okay. I need to go through all of these. I need to go through denial and bargaining and anger. And I, I need to go through each one of these until I get to acceptance. And I train my brain to do that. Because what happens is when you are neurotrans, our neuropathways, when we experience trauma, we can go towards negative, um, negative responses. And that can be what God's trying to dam up. And the only way I found people to dam up and get delivered, and I see this when I speak to people in prisons and jails all the time, is you need to dam up that with the Word of God. And the Word of God needs to... That's the only way to dam up that negative response. Oh, you know, I've always gone to drugs when I've experienced trauma. And sometimes in prisons and jails, you can't get the drugs that you that your body is used to using to help you cope, to help you self-medicate. And God's saying, my word is enough. So you have to dam up that negative pathway. And because we've gone down there so many times, it's it's deep. And again, the only way to turn from that is through the word of God. And then by turning to it, we can go to the Word of God and allow His healing power to come into us and heal us. And during the acceptance phase, the scripture that really helps me and helps those I minister to and, and just share my message of hope to is Romans 8.28. And that's my life verse. I love that verse. And we know that in all things, God works for good for, of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purposes. Let me read that again, Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. So if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's you. You love God and you've been called. Congratulations. And I remember praying to God. Our family was going through just a horrific trauma. I'm like, if you're not going to lift this trauma, I prayed. Then God, I want you to save tens and thousands, if not hundreds and thousands of people. That's exactly what God did through my fourth, and I'm working on my fifth and sixth book right now, is through those words God's given me, he saved 10,000 people and brought them to hope. I can't wait to be reunited. Some people I'll never even see. I get letters from inmates and the former incarcerated. I've had one woman tell me, you don't understand, your books saved my life. I was incarcerated during COVID, and I thought, I was going to kill myself or kill someone else. It was so horrible. But your books, they brought the word of God into my heart and it helped flatten everything. And that's the power of Jesus Christ. That's the power, the hope of Jesus Christ. And it's so much better than all those idols or trinkets we've gone to in the past for hope. Another scripture that can help you during this acceptance phase is Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Mm. It's Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven. I'm going to read it again. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And now remember that all these stages of grief are needed to heal. And they need to go to Scripture and camp out in there and memorize those Scriptures I gave you for each stage of grief. Because, again, the stages are not linear. We can bounce through any of them. And you can get stuck in a stage of grief. I had one lady I was 
was in a group and she was stuck in anger. She's like, oh, struggling. My cellmate lied and tried to get me in trouble because she wanted to room with her. She wanted a bunkmate that was her girlfriend. And she lied and said, I did. I was bullying her. I was like, I don't, I would never bullied her. She said, I want to kill her. I'm so angry. I'm like, no, (laughs) that you're stuck in anger. And I went through the stages of grief and helped her process that and helped her then forgive. And that's going to be talking about in our next episode is forgiving the unforgivable and how that's so important to, after these five stages of grief, to actually have that, to remove that emotional and spiritual hook that trauma can leave in you, even though you've gone through all five stages of grief. So again, this is Kim Clark, CEO and founder of Lift Your Gaze. This is a listener-supported podcast. If you'd like to make a donation, go to www.liftyourgaze.org and make a donation to support this podcast and support the incredible work we do with those who have experienced trauma to provide a faith-based approach to trauma healing. Thank you. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lift Your Gaze. Be sure to subscribe so you may continue to enjoy upcoming episodes. Lift Your Gaze is a listener-supported podcast. We deeply appreciate your partnering with us today. We would also like to invite you to visit liftyourgaze.org. There, you'll have the opportunity to learn about our impactful community programs, such as our HOPE initiatives. And we welcome you to kindly consider a tax-deductible contribution that will enable us to continue to share the message of Lift Your Gaze. Until next time, there's always hope when you lift your gaze.